This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. When the nights get cold and the lights go out, the sun is gone behind the clouds, and you feel lost, and I'll reach out to guide you home with my lighthouse. Oh, Welcome to Lighthouse of Hope. I'm your host, Michael Hempseed. I'm so glad you're joining us today. On today's show, we have Deborah Lemon from the Navigate Your Way Trust. Deborah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. It's good to be here. Fantastic. And just before we get to um, the trust, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Um, I'm probably mid-age and I've been, lived some experiences in life and I've got to a point where I'm running a charity now which is about connecting up resources and services. Right, let's just um, start off. Uh, one of the things we constantly hear is there's no services, there's no help out there. Um, is that your experience of Christchurch in New Zealand? I actually think that we're really lucky and that we have a lot of resources and services and we're quite resource rich. It's just that people don't know how to access them or where they are. I think it's really important to clarify that because um, I watch on comments online for various things, whenever there's articles on mental health, um, there's normally lots of people that say, oh, there's no services, there's no help. Do you know roughly how many services there would be, say, in Christchurch and then New Zealand? No idea, but I know there's numerous, there's from the um, hobby to the charities to the NGOs, to the public sector, to Māori, to churches, to mustards, uh, Sikhs, temples. There's a lot of support, even in the schools and other areas that we just don't know are available. One of the numbers I heard was that there's about 5,000 social services nationwide. Easily. That's probably the formal version, and then there's probably double that that is the informal version that either does it for love or um, they just do it, go about their work quietly. Yeah, absolutely. One of the uh, really interesting things, there was a study uh, conducted with um, people that made a suicide attempt and they asked them, why did you do this? And they might not have said this in so many words, but one of the key things they said was they didn't know where to find help was one of the leading reasons why people attempted suicide. So you're telling us that there's actually quite a bit of help out there. First of all, can you tell us um, a little bit about the Trust and why you set this up and what it does? So um, suicide is quite close to my heart. Um, I have had my own lived experience in terms of uh, grew up in a Catholic schooling, quite a strict background. Um, my parents split when I was 15, very difficult to go through a Catholic school uh, many years ago with that. Uh, when I was 18, had a breakdown, spent five weeks in a ward uh, within a hospital, didn't have visitors um, because it was a shame thing back then. Um, and even to today, there wasn't, wasn't really spoken about. It's probably only this year that I even talk about my own experience. I had two suicide attempts, and when I think about those attempts... They were based around um, 
my whānau at the time weren't in a position to help me, but I also didn't know who to reach out to. So it was the out-of-hours time or the weekends or just even knowing who was the right person because it wasn't obvious to me where to go. And that's something that we hear so often. And unfortunately, in school, we're taught um, lots of things like differential calculus, trigonometry, binomial distribution, parabolas, and uh, some of the stuff isn't particularly useful. But um, I hear again and again that a lot of people have never been taught how to find help. Correct. Um, People assume that they'll go and look at a directory or they'll talk to their doctor or they'll talk to... But some people don't even have a doctor. Some people aren't connected in with their library. They're only as connected as the knowledge they have that's been given to them and or taught. Um, so I believe we have to actually... Um, the DHB did an uh, integrated family health uh, model and I actually believe we're about two or three layers down below that and we've got, we have to re-educate people, go back to our grandparents' time and actually share the knowledge. So you established this trust. Can you tell us uh, when you set this up and what's the goal of the Navigate Your Way Trust? So I set it up in about, I started on it in about 2017. Um, I was working in the DHB. I was rehoming a lot of clinical and medical supplies into the community and offshore recycling a lot of things, um, found that I had more product than I could rehome, and then I found that actually I couldn't find a directory that actually gave me businesses to, or agencies who might want the goods that I had. And then I found one day Cinch, and I was so excited because it, it had ability to export, and then... I found Family Services, which so is... So just tell us what Cinch is. So Sorry, Cinch is, um, it's done, it's run by the libraries and Christchurch and um, it's a similar system to how MSD or um, Ministry of Children run their um, Family Services directory. And the beauty of it is that you can export out what information you want but like anything, it's only as good as the data, is only as good as it's maintained or the integrity or someone is steward of it. Um, and I think we need to do more work around that and promote this as a... Um, if we could have one or two main directories, then people could actually use those directories direct to make their own and know the data is correct without having to ring different agencies 20 times so that they could create their own directory. I think the idea of a directory it might be a bit foreign to some people because I think a lot of people think, well, the way you find information today is you go on this wonderful thing called Google and you find it. Possibly if we could start off, what are some of the challenges that people might have, say, if they were depressed, maybe they didn't have enough food, maybe they're stuck with accommodation? If you Google some of these things in your area, what can happen? Sometimes when you Google information, it it sends you offshore, it sends you into some dark spaces. It depends on what you're looking for, and it's about, um, you know, search engines, about the words when you're looking for stuff. Navigate Your Way was um, done with the um, benefit of uh, Media Suite. They were, they've been fantastic. I can't, you know, 
Um, they believed in what I was doing. They could see the benefit of open data. Um, so when they helped produce this website, so we pulled down data from family services. So if you're looking for accommodation, you can filter through and find what accommodation options are available to suit your needs. So if you have a dog, uh, City Mission now have kennels there, for instance. And just even that is something that a lot of people don't know. Um, over the years I've tried to get um, numerous people without accommodation some form of housing, and um, one of the key reasons people say we don't go to the City Mission is there's no one to look after my dog. Yeah. We find that... Um, you know, the new missioner who's taken over, um, he's been very proactive and his team around, you know, taking away those systemic barriers and finding out what needs to help them actually not be returning. Um, and while they're there now, that we've got men's programs and ladies' programs running, which is fantastic. But we need to, fo- we need to work together. And unfortunately, some of the funding models have made people uh, competitive rather than actually collaborative. Mm. I think it's very important to know that there actually is probably a lot of help out there. And I think, unfortunately, one of the messages that we do in New Zealand here over and over again is all the systems are overloaded, there's no space, there's no help. But actually, there is quite a bit of help. What are, um, I think you did some work with food banks a while ago. What were some of the surprising findings out of that? So when we mapped up a long time ago um, all the meals that were happening, um, say the community meals for the homeless, we found that um, on one or two of the nights there was actually four meals or two meals a night and then there was two days where there was no meals. So it was actually quite good data to find out. And then we found that what was the best day in terms of most nutritious meals, but then those food bank, um, sorry, those community kai times were actually vehicles to actually catapult them into agencies because the people that were running them knew how to onboard them to other places. And then food bank, um, because of food rescue, and we're really lucky in um, Canterbury to have two or three food rescue, and we've also got uh, Christchurch Council has the... um, uh, fruit trees and veggies you can um, go on forage and so I actually believe there's a lot of um, food out there we just need to get it to people when they need it Yeah, and so um, I guess predominantly the Navigate Your Way Trust is a website so if people go on that website what sort of things could they find? Um, at the moment it's based around accommodation and it does have a couple of um, it's got some food banks, com- uh, community gardens, um, where they are, what the area is, the criteria, eligibility. There's a wee bit about driver's licence. At the moment, it hasn't got as much as what I'd like, and that's due to, um, whilst I'm a charity and I have a board, um, it's, it's all down to manpower, and ideally I would like to run it similar to a model in... Australia, which is run by Internet New Zealand, and it's called Ask Izzy, and they use a lot of open data, and it's very easy for people to use when they need help. Unfortunately, we know that rents and house prices are increasing, and this has put huge pressure on some people. Could you maybe just tell us a little bit about um, some of the housing options that might be there that people may not know about? 
So housing options, there is a lot of different options through some of the agencies have some unofficial places that they can house people. The other thing is that there is emergency housing through MSD or other places, but we need to be lobbying forward when they do get these um, motels. You would have seen recently in the newspaper about them being vulnerable where they're being put because some of the places I've had somebody recently who had just come off um, synthetics and they went and put them in a motel in a, in, um, a particular street in Christchurch which we know um, deals in synthetics so we're basically like putting the needle back in their arm so we need to be thinking more around duty of care about where we do put people. The other thing is we need to know what people need to need in order to make informed decisions. Sometimes we only tell MSD we need a home. We don't go we need a home because we've got a child that has special needs or we've got health problems um, and we're seeing the doctor every week. Um, we can't live where we are because we're constantly in negative gearing you need to actually give some insight into your life in order for them to put you up the list on the housing list. Yeah. So I think it's important to know that there are, and this is not just in Christchurch, but around the country, there's probably a lot more options than people realise. But um, I guess one of the problems is a lot of people don't know about this. Do you have a story of someone that thought um, there was no chance of them getting accommodation and they found actually there was more they were entitled to? I remember a long time ago there was a Māori guy and um, he was at the, the, the library and the library was when it was in Manchester Street and they were a great library and they used to have lots of people coming in and they'd get quite desperate at the end of the day because they wouldn't know where to send people and um, then uh, I think it's Collective for the Homeless um, Brenda was running and she was having a hui this day and, and I just had a long enough and we seemed to connect and um, I managed to get this uh, Tane to go to this hui and MSD were there and by the end of that day he had accommodation and then we, um, he, did, he, he didn't have a, any way of communication and I thought well that's kind of an essential need so I spoke to the MSD caseworker that was at the hui and they said, oh, yes, we can help. Um, it's recoverable, and what I mean is that he could get a phone, but he might pay it back at $2 a week. So I took him to uh, a couple of shops. We got some quotes, and then we went to the MSD office, and they gave us a green card to go and get um, a phone. And we did talk about also being uh, strategic about getting a phone that he could afford to pay off versus getting a phone with all the gadgets. And then we helped set up his phone so he could then know how to get emails, uh, set up MSD in his phone and a couple of other key contact places so he could do help, get help. And then taking him to the, um, the MSD place where they'd put him in was a backpacker. And then we thought about, well, actually, he doesn't have any clothes, so... Um, or towels or soap or anything so hence another situation where you know we're putting people in accommodation but we haven't um, vetted the place to make sure that they provide or the people have a towel 
or um, soap to wash themselves. So we we arranged to sort all that out. Yeah, it's just about having conversation and saying, you know, but I don't have these essential needs. Yeah, and sometimes not. I'm waiting for people to volunteer, but to ask them can be really helpful. Yeah. I also know you collect a lot of items. What are some of the items that you've collected over the years to give out to people? Um, I've worked with uh, Canterbury Laundry Services. Um, they used to have a lot of excess stuff from different times to time, and now that goes out into corrections and they reuse it so people can have clothes to wear in court or they make some of the sheets into pillowcases. I also just the other day um, got a phone call. We've got a you know over 200 pillars and we've got 100 TVs. You know, I said not a problem. I'll sort it. So I'll usually think about can I do it myself and get it round to who I need or how soon do I need to get it done? In this case, I basically took it to City Mission and to. Um, YWCA and the TVs will go to City Mission because I know what will happen is those agencies will actually help other agencies and they'll actually help people set up their homes if they don't have anything. Yeah. So it's not just the accommodation, it's all the extra bits and pieces as well. Do you have any other um, stories of people that you've helped through this trust, maybe um, a food one or something like that? Um. We've helped people with food in terms of understanding that if they, if they really need food, there is ways of getting help. We've tapped them into, it could be the part of a religious group, we've tapped them into the resource that they have there. We've also gone through and found that they had whakapapa to some iwi, there was some, some whana or a help there. Um, we also found that... Um, they weren't accessing help because they had debt with MSD. It was about the way in which you asked MSD and said that you needed food. They still have to help you, you know. If you need food, regardless of what debt you have, it's an essential item and they should be able to help you. And I'd imagine um, you get quite a few unusual requests, is that right? The things that um, people don't know what to do so they come to you? Yeah, I, I sometimes I get agency asking me um, what's happening in a particular space and then I'll let them know what's happening over in the different areas. Sometimes it's social integration, um, sometimes there's swimming for Māori first thing in the morning, sometimes um, there's women-only sessions at Pioneer and Whāranui for um, ladies only. There's a lot of different groups out there that have lots of great things, but it's making sure people are connected and not socially disconnected. Um, It's about knowing who your neighbour is. I just wonder if we could give people some tips to possibly learn, you know, what services are out there. Um, I think people sometimes assume libraries just have books, but they're a great hub for the community. What sort of stuff do libraries have that could be helpful? Um, The libraries, as we talked about, they have a directory online and one of the staff would probably take you through that and teach you how to use it. But there's also, at the library, there's the ability to... They have services to help you with work. They have a lot more staff now that will work one-on-one with you, particularly at Tarangi, the new library in town. They actually have... In Christchurch, so this might go out 
to other people, but yes. That they have people that um, there's a lot of people go there and they might want to use the computer because there's internet there, uh, so you can get free data. They'll give you um, an option to use the computer and they'll even have courses to help you search for areas of help and also they actually work with the council and other strengthening communities so they know where some support agencies are to recommend. And also most libraries um, around the country have got a lot of brochures that you can just go there and just see what different events or um, services are out there. That could be a really good way to learn. Um, it might surprise you. And even if you think, well, I don't actually need anything, it could be worth just checking it out. You never know, you might have a friend or a family member that could need this. So that was a big part of how I started was um, I would just look at the walls in a waiting room or wherever I was and I'd find a new group and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. I, what, I wonder what that's about. And then I'd take the brochure and then I had so many brochures that I was like, oh my goodness, I need to do something with this. And then this was back to the open data. But, you know, it's it's about manpower and resource. And I, I think if, you know, when we're teaching um, social work, if part of that journey, you know, if we could have government funding, you know, that part of learning resources is you contribute to this directory. Yeah. So how do people find this directory and how do they use the website? The website is called Navigate Your Way Trust. Um, .co.nz. Um, it's available anywhere that you can access it online. The other thing is um, we do reference into Cinch and Family Services Directory. It's in the process of being updated, um, but I do recommend um, asking for help. Even if you, you don't want to go to your city mission, a lot of the schools have Manaaki now, which is a, um, a mental health uh, or support network for primary, and they're just going to go into intermediate soon, I think, believe, with more funding. So really, I guess one of the big take-home messages, um, even if you're listening to this from somewhere else in the country, is there probably is actually more help out there than you know. Um, when I used to work at 298 Youth Health, one of the really sad stories I had was a young man came to me, I think he was about 24, um, he'd been homeless, jobless, um, and his life really wasn't going very well at all. So I talked to him and learned a little bit about his story. I think at age five he had to leave school to look after his dad, his mum wasn't around, um, and he wasn't he was capable of learning, but he had to look after his dad. So he dropped out of school. He never learned to read and write. Because of that, he never learned how to write a CV so he could never get a job. And then, um, I can't remember exactly what happened, but somehow he ended up being homeless and unable to apply for a job. The interesting thing was there was actually a group in Christchurch that specialised in helping people um, that are capable of learning as adults but have never learned. So I connected him with that group and then after a few months he was able to write a CV and get a job. And the sad thing is that took me about two or three minutes to tell him about this group. And he'd had a terrible life for a number of years and just that simple connection could have made such a difference. I'm just wondering if you've had any stories like that where just, you know, sending a person to the right place can just change their life. Oh, absolutely. Um, and sometimes it's, it's the most simplest thing. You know, um, there's the literacy places, you know, there's the marais. There's so many people that have stories that can help you. Um, 
I, you know, so, sometimes it's just sitting there and having a conversation with them and just being there when they need. Like uh, today will be, I'm actually fasting during Ramadan. I'm giving that a go with my fellow friends. And, you know, there's someone in hospital, so we'll go and see them. And then later today, there's someone at the dentist, um, and they just need a support person because they don't know what the process is. And we found that a lot of people who have had dental problems, um, we've set the whole family up in dental and um, getting all their immunizations. They didn't know, because particularly if you come through as a a migrant or a partnership visa, you only know what the person before you knows. Yeah. So, Udipra, thank you very much for your time today. Just again, um, that website is um, navigateyourwaytrust.co.nz. So, navigateyourway.co.nz. Oh, sorry. Just nav- leave it the trust. Sorry, navigateyourway.co.nz is the trust. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you, Michael. When the nights get cold and the lights go out The sun is gone behind the clouds And you feel lost and I'll reach out to guide you home